Welcome to Coaching Culture, the podcast where we discuss how we can use sports and not let them use us. I'm JP Nervin, the founder of Thrive On Challenge, and the mission for this podcast is to connect leaders in athletics to help us create a transformational culture by building leadership and character. Now let's get started. Welcome to episode number 44 of the Coaching Culture Podcast, 10 Parent Suggestions for Coaches. I'm your host, JP Nurbin. I'm very excited for the next two episodes because this is something I have been trying to do for some time, which is to bring a parent onto the podcast to share a parent perspective and to give some general coaching feedback on how we might improve as coaches. And that is to improve in our relationships with our players and improve in the relationships with our players' parents. I think there's two things worth mentioning very quickly before we get into this. And the first is that I was kind of unsure how this would go, honestly. Uh, Would this provide value for us as coaches? And at least from my perspective, it was well worth uh, my time. I took a great deal from speaking with Angela as she gave some great insight. Um, Secondly, I'm incredibly grateful because getting a parent to come on the podcast has been really challenging because parents are afraid to share their perspective because they seem to be very worried that if their child's coach hears it, um, what the repercussions could be. Also, they're afraid of being judged as that crazy parent. And if you, if you give this the time, I think you'll realize very quickly that uh, this parent, Angela, has a great perspective on sports and how we can use sports for good. So special thanks to Angela. Enjoy today's podcast. All right, I have Angela on the podcast today who is a PE teacher. Um, her husband coaches. She coached a little bit herself, and she's the parent to three um, young athletes. And she's on here today to share with us coaches 10 principles for coaching from a parent's perspective. I mean, I think it's a little bit broader than a parent's perspective, and she'll explain that. But I think it's um, just a great opportunity for us as coaches to step back and kind of reflect on some maybe some feedback and some advice from that perspective. And I think it's important that we don't just say, well, I, this isn't for me because I'm not that that crazy coach or I'm not that really transactional coach. I think that this is great advice for all of us. So welcome to the podcast, Angela. Thank you. Yeah, so tell me a little bit just before we get going into your 10 principles here about that perspective of which you're coming from. That's kind of a little bit more than just uh, the crazy sideline parent. Yeah, so my um, background is in teaching. And so I have an educational perspective on just about everything. Um, and I, I didn't teach when my children were little because I wanted to be home with them. And then um, that afforded me the opportunity to actually have some extra time to coach them when they were little, like four, five, six, you know. Um, and I was able to see, well, I was able to compare and contrast different coaching styles even at that age. And I've been able to kind of watch over the years as the kids have grown and uh, see how coaching styles need to change, how some things need to stay the same, um, about how expectations kind of need to change over the course of, you know, let's say 10 years. If you're looking at a a young athlete and someone who continues to be competitive. Um, Also, I've got that teaching aspect that I use because I oftentimes deal with parents the way a coach would have to deal with parents uh, when there is 
something difficult that we need to discuss or, mm -hmm. a, you know, something that's potentially problematic, you really need to be careful and sensitive um, because you have to know your audience. And so many parents are so different and it's difficult for a teacher or a coach to be able to just throw out one style and, and that meet the needs of every family member. I think that's huge that you've got that perspective um, and you've obviously got these are 10 great principles but um, you know, I think it's critical for parents and coaches obviously the coaches that listen to this podcast are willing to grow they're looking to grow I think so often we see these things in social media or on TV of the parent going crazy or the coach going crazy and we say see I don't have problems that's the craziness but uh, I think we all can learn from these because we're all on some some end of the spectrum of transactional transformational, and we're trying yes. to move along that. Um, so, yeah, let's get right into it. Um, let's get into the first principle, which is uh, love thy players or get out of coaching, which is a pretty strong statement, but I would agree. Uh, can you explain it? Yeah, um, I think actually Bobby Dodd is the one who said that. Um, there's an article that I was reading because I just love to read about what's current and what's going on. And I thought that was a pretty good summary of how a coach should approach whatever it is they're coaching, whether it's youth sports or whether it's you know a school position, like if that's going to be your um, major, your, your career path. Why are you coaching? You know, it's great to love the sport. It's great to have been a former athlete and to know the sport, to know the game, to have a lot of success, to be a fantastic athlete yourself. But simply because you were a terrific athlete or had a lot of success did not necessarily mean that you're going to be a great coach if you don't love kids or students. And by the same token, someone who never played the game has the potential to be a fantastic coach if they're willing to be a good learner and they can communicate and they can motivate well. Um, and I think to say, love thy players or get out of coaching, I think everybody needs to ask themselves, do I really love kids? Do I really love students? Mm -hmm. And if I really don't, then maybe I can get in the sports realm at some, at some you know, level, but maybe not coaching. I think that's a great challenge. Um, I think some coaches, probably not the ones that are listening to this podcast, would go, um, "Well, you know, there's not. You should just be grateful that I'm in the coaching, right? Because there's a shortage of coaches and all that." Um, which I don't think is any justification for behaviors. Um, what would you? So, what would you say to to those coaches? I think was one thing. Or what would you say to the coaches who are just they're a head coach of a program and they just need these assistant coaches they bring around that often maybe don't have the right attitude and they're just short of coaches you know because there there is like as a, as a head coach of a high school even at the collegiate D division three level uh it is a, it is a challenge to find coaches with the right attitude that want to love players and want to coach for the right reason well you know faith is a huge thing to me and i feel like um you know maybe this doesn't apply to someone who um doesn't you know, doesn't necessarily have strong faith, but I feel like uh, the best way to begin with anyone that you're going to approach to help you coach is is prayer. I mean, I think prayer is the beginning of everything that we do. I think it sets the tone. I think it sets the right atmosphere. 
And even if it's someone who's not the greatest people person, if you start off on the right foot and say, hey, you know what? I feel like God has brought you into this position. I feel like God has brought us together. And whatever I lack, whatever you lack in this area, let's just ask him for it. And I think one of the key things you point out there is that they're kind of trying to connect on something that is a core value or belief and then to move exactly. from there. Whether it be faith uh, for those that are of that, um, that listen to the podcast or someone that isn't, but at least you're trying to find that core mission and, and connect on that. And for the people that do have a, a faith life, that, 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 that would be a great way to move forward in that. Yeah, that's, that's right. That, you have to have a common foundation yeah. if you're going to have success. Yeah, and I think it, when you're bringing in an assistant or you're hiring somebody that coach at your club, um, you can't expect this perfect coach that's going to be you know, uh, at, at your level or above your level, wherever, as far as on the transformational behaviors. And you got to understand where everybody, find out where they're at. Um, but as long as they're willing to grow and to learn, I think that's critical. That's it. As long as someone is willing to be willing. Yeah. And, and whatever that means. I love that. Your second one for coaches was know yourself and your players. Yeah. And that kind of ties into who are you going to put around you and your staff. Um, I think it's important to try as much as possible to have people on your staff that know how to speak into those personalities that just rub you the wrong way. Hmm. Like, you know, we all have quote sandpaper people in our lives and, um, you know, there are going to be players who love you and they don't like your assistant. There are going to be players who love your assistant and they don't really like you. And they're going to see one of you as the good cop and one of you as the bad cop. So I think you need to know what your strengths are and you need to surround your people who have different strengths than you. Love that. And you, one of the things you kind of talked about and elaborate with you share with me was about um, that if a player wasn't responding to you, uh, to the way you were coaching, um, that we needed to look deeper and that it was, might be the, not just the character of the player, but it might be that our own character needs evaluating. Yeah, you, you know, no matter what you do, it's important to be self-aware. It doesn't matter if you're an accountant and you work, you know, in a high-rise somewhere. You need to be self-aware and be willing to look in the mirror and say, okay, why why is this not working? Um, you, you know, the old saying about insanity being doing the same thing over expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's easy to apply to coaching, especially when it comes to certain players. Yeah, I think one of the challenges here is I think a lot of coaches don't want to take ownership over things, and and we want to say, well, the players should be, you know, they're responsible for this. The player needs to step up in this way, but the reality is, if they're not stepping up, we can continue to stay that, and we're not going to we're going to get the same results, right? Or we can right. say, you know what, I've got to meet this kid wherever they're at. Yes. Or I have to say, sorry, I. I See you later. And that's kind of always been my criteria for a lot of coaches. They ask, like, you know, when should I, when do I cut a player? When do I let a player go off the team? It's like when you've done everything you can to meet them where they're at and they still don't, they're still not willing, okay, then, then, you, then you sever ties. But uh, if you brought a person on your team, it's, in, it's, your, it's your job as the coach to do everything you can to go to where that player is at and help them along the path. Yeah, I totally agree. Your third principle was to 
not compare current players to past or present players openly or in your mind? Yeah, you know, it's it's easy to see similarities among people, and it's easy to um, see situations, you know, that you feel like you've seen before. Um, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe never is not the right way to put it. But again, back to know yourself and know your players. Is this a player that is going to be motivated if you say to them, well, Kelly Smith could do that. Don't you, don't you want to be like Kelly Smith, you know, or something yeah. like that? Or, or, you know, John Brown from seven years ago. Wow. He's the greatest point guard I ever have. And I, I see potential in you to be like him. Well, maybe that really is inspirational to some kids and maybe some kids it just gets them to the core you know so i think it kind of goes goes to knowing your audience is this a group that's going to be motivated by hearing what a great point guard you were in college or is this a group that's going to totally shut down and go you know what i couldn't care less <laughs> yeah i think you hit some great points i really like this one because I, I like to think that two key elements if we're going to bring up previous players or, or make that kind of comparison is language and context and the context, yeah. I mean the relationship and the time, the place, and then how we say it, you know, in our tone, I think those two things are critical because you say in your, and, um, and the notes that you gave me was that comparison is the thief of all joy, which is a great, uh, principle. And we don't want kids comparing. We just want them to competing to be the best. That being said, sharing previous stories of other players that have overcome struggles is a great way to encourage in some contexts. True. Um, your fourth principle is to find an accountability partner equal to or above you, not a yes man or a rubber stamp board president or administrator. Yeah, I think this probably happens a lot. Um, you know, a lot of teaching and coaching positions are filled uh, through relationships and networking. And if you are too close with someone, they can't really look at you and say, hey, you know what, JP, I think you're a little out of line on this. And I really would like for you to maybe be willing to consider that there is A, B, and C alternative to this situation. Um, and if you have multiple people who are telling you the same thing, that's a point at which maybe there needs to be someone that you can go to. And, and this is true for everyone in all of life, not just coaches, is you need to be able to go to someone and say, do you think this is true about me? Because I keep hearing this over and over and I really want to know. You know, if, you're, if your intentions and your motivations are pure, you're going to have someone in your life like that that you can go to and say, you know what, I really, I really hate to believe this is true, but I keep hearing it over and over. What do you think? And then have that person, you know, be able to say to you, well, you know, we could probably look at some situations and talk about them. And, and I think um, in schools especially, people stay in certain positions because there's no one above them that feels like they can enter into their life and speak something challenging or difficult without it causing a rift in the relationship. Yeah, I think we've all been in some circumstance where we'd be coaching, education, business, where people are there, everyone knows their time is up, or everyone knows that they're in a position exactly. that they're not the best for the job, but they're still there, and it's, it's 
I think what you're hitting on, though, is a really good point of feedback and creating uh, feedback loops. And I think really in the ideal environment, which we should be driving for, is that every player, every assistant, and even I would argue that parents and administrators would feel safe, empowered, and educated to be able to communicate feedback in a way that was very beneficial to you as a coach. That is this ideal utopia. So we have to start small. Find a, an administrator. I would also argue that an assistant coach, uh, and even a player, and maybe even a parent that can Absolutely. give you that honest, straight feedback. Hey, this is you know, and it could be something from like this is what people are talking about. Just to let you know, this is what mm-hmm. I'm observing. Doing it in a way that's healthy, um, I think, is absolutely critical as well. And I think that we have that feedback loop, and I think that network will expand. You know, and I, I have received feedback as a coach that was painful to hear from a, a parent, but it was a parent that I had a relationship with right. that I respected, and they said it in a way that was really, really powerful. So I did listen, even though it was hurtful uh, or hard. You know, like it wasn't. I wouldn't say hurtful. Um, I would say just hard to hear. Right. How can, as a coach, you know, we, you got any ideas on how we can start to create that feedback loop with a parent? Well, I think, and, and I think this might be um, one of the things that's further down on the list um, of principles is from the beginning, picking up the phone and, and getting to know people. I'm not saying you have time to go out to coffee with everybody but spend 20 minutes on the phone with your parents that you're that are going to be on your team ask them about their background ask them about what they do show them that you are genuinely interested in them and their child and their family not just what can your kid do for my team and i feel like you'll probably win a lot of people over that way i think it's probably uncommon and people are surprised when someone i mean look we email and we text everything especially when it's a team situation. How surprising would it be if a parent got a a call from the coach say, hey, listen, I'm just here to talk to you. You know, I just want to get to know you a little bit and kind of um, hear your story. And I think that goes a long way with people. And from there, you could probably begin to see, okay, here's probably someone that I could maybe go a little deeper with and rely on. Maybe here's somebody who's got a good, healthy perspective on life. They could probably give me some positive feedback or some necessary feedback when I need it. Yeah, you're starting to see the parent as an asset um, rather than an obstacle. And also, most importantly, see them as a person. And I know that when I experienced that shift where I stopped seeing parents, sports parents, as just sports parents, the parent of an athlete, but as people with real struggles... Just like me, just, that are struggling in their marriages, struggling in their jobs, struggling to just get their kids to where they need to be, um, get food on the table. Like once I started seeing them, the parents, as as people in that regards, um, it really changed my opinion dramatically or my approach really towards parents. You know? Yeah, and and you're gonna get it's it's sort of like um, I, I think of this a baseball analogy. If you've got a strong first baseman that almost always makes the play, when there's a judgment call, when there's a questionable play, you're probably going to give that first baseman the call because they've been so consistent. You've always seen they can always dig it out. They can always stretch it out. Was their toe exactly on the bag? 
I'm not completely certain, but I think it probably was just because that's the player that they are. And I think that you could you could see your parents in a more positive light and be willing to give them the benefit of the doubt sometimes instead of just thinking, oh, crazy parent. No, I, yeah, I, I love that. That's a great analogy. Great, great analogy. The fifth principle you give is to be trustworthy. That, that is pretty broad, I know. Um, yeah. It's just a matter of really, it just comes down to, to being honest, saying what you mean, meaning what you say, not going back on what you said you were going to do or what you said was going to happen or take place. Um, and, and look, most people, especially if you've laid the groundwork, most people are pretty forgiving when it comes to something like a schedule change or practice ran over 20 minutes because, you know, we had an interruption or, or something along those lines. But if what you say and what ends up happening don't match up half the time, I think that really starts to undermine your, your trustworthiness in the minds of your players and your parents. I would like to venture out on one topic in particular when it comes to trust. Um, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this. And I recently have written a lot about playing time. Um, previous podcast had a coach, high school coach talking about how he approaches playing time with parents, uh, with parents and how he advocated for transparency, uh, being honest and open, having the hard conversations. And a lot of coaches I work with, that is one of their biggest struggles is having these conversations because they're hard. But there's two, two kind of questions I have or kind of things I'd like to talk about when it comes to, to that, this trust. One is, if I as a coach stand up and say that I value academics, I say that I value hard work, I say that I value a positive attitude and you know team player, but then when it comes to game time and the 11 players, the five players or whatever it is that I put on that field or on that court don't match up with those values, then I'm not really gaining the trust and I think that obviously most coaches aren't going to go out on this limb and just play the kids that match up with those core values so I think you know my my kind of you know little side note to coaches is then put in in your core values competitive or put in something like that because you've got to remain you know or put in winning like if that's what it is right because you have to be transparent about that from day one don't give That's a big right. speech about all this stuff. And then the kids that are playing have the worst grades, the worst attitudes and all that. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. If you just tell people, and, and I don't know, maybe not everyone is this way, but if you just tell me the way it's going to be on the front end, even if I don't like the way it's going to be, I'm going to say, well, okay, it's, it's, it's fair now because you've told me what to expect. And so even though I disagree with number three on your – you know, list of things to talk about in the parent meeting. Even though I don't like number three, you told me number three is going to happen and I'm just going to have to either deal with it or move on. Yeah, and I think that that will happen in most cases. I really think that the lack of, uh, the biggest frustrations with parents is a lack of transparency because I know many coaches would go, well, what about the parents that don't want to hear the truth? You know, the parents that really are like, don't want to hear their son is not playing because they're just not, good enough. And I would say the sooner you let that parent know, the better. I mean, just the more honest you are and say, and, and I have 
you know, we've been on teams where there were coaches who had no problem from the beginning saying, um, if your son or daughter can't do this by now, they're probably not going to play much. If your son or daughter struggles with this, uh, they're probably not going to play very much. And, and I, I, you know, at that point, you've done what is right and what is expected of you as a coach. And the parents' behavior and reaction is not your responsibility. That's their responsibility from that point on, as long as you're a straight shooter. I love that. That's a great suggestion. Um, and obviously there are these circumstances. Uh, we talk about the 10-80-10 rule a lot with our players. Like there's the 10% that do everything, the 80% that are there doing it. And there's that bottom 10%. And I think there's that with parents. I think a lot of times we plan um, – and we focus too much on that bottom 10% of parents. And I think if we just do things right, we're transparent, we're, we follow through on what we're going to say, I'd say 90% of parents are going to res- respect, maybe not agree with our decision at all times. Yeah, respect. I mean, that's the key. Nobody loves everybody all the time. Personalities don't just jive perfectly all the time. But there's a level of respect that everybody, everybody could have for everyone else, I think. Great stuff from Angela. Next episode, I'm going to be sharing the second half of our conversation and we'll be getting into some more specific ways upon which we can build the relationship with the parents and break down those walls. Now, if you found value in today's episode or any other episode of the Coaching Culture Podcast, please share those episodes. Now, that's it for today. Uh, Thanks for listening in.